0: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast. Apologies, we're a little bit delayed with the live stream recording of this if you watch on YouTube, which we will be doing for every Tour de France stage. By the way, if you want to get, see the action, pretty much 5, 10 minutes straight after, well, not the action, after you've seen the action, come watch this action uh, straight after the stage. The RCP YouTube channel is the place to do so. But this is the Dauphinate Stage 6 from Nantua to Crevallande, 171Ks. Medium mountain stage with the Col des Aravis, which is a bit of a longer climb overall. It does go up to 1,500 meters from about 700 meters. It's lumpy all day without too much you know, categorized climbs. Took a long time for the break to form, but the two climbs of note, as I said, the Col des Aravis, 7.5K, 6% before a twisty, beautiful descent down. And then there's a collection of two climbs, the Notre Dame de Belcombe and then the Crevolon. The first climb's 3.5K is about 6%, but the first uh when it actually starts going up is eleven and a half percent for six hundred meters, and the same for the next climb the last one first six hundred is fourteen percent levels off kicks up a bit a bit again, and the last six hundred is basically flat, two percent uh gradient so it's easier than yesterday. It's really not one where Vingegaard yeah. should dance away from everybody on what are three minute efforts, two and a half minute efforts on the steep paths uh but it would be. There's a big fight for the break, Benji, uh, which we didn't see because <laughs> no live coverage. But...
1: Well, 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 the big fight well, for the breakaway started with the legendary attack of Grondin. Grondin <laughs> said to himself, I will go in the breakaway today, and then he failed, and then he abandoned the race. So... <laughs> Great move. <laughs> Great move. I love that. I love that. That's dedication. That's Dude, all or nothing. Dude, as if you want to do
0: the mountain stage this weekend.
1: <laughs> you probably just didn't want to do it. Anyway, breakaway did form a large breakaway, including Nos, Pese, Péter, Zavage there. We've got Castro, Freed, for Ineos Freak Grenadiers. Oh la la. Quickstep with Bajoli and Davinen. So that would suggest that Quickstep would not be chasing in the peloton. So that's a very notable part of the breakaway there. Amador in there. Zimmermann Jorgensen, who crashed a few times two days ago. Trentin, Zangler, Kradock. We've got Burgolo, Vershe, and Viermol. So, three riders from Total Energy. And they would be the kind of team in the breakaway that would pace when the, the pace kind of wasn't there. Yeah. When there was no cooperation, Verche would go to the front. Viermol would go to the front, and so forth. And then you also have Guglielmi um, for Arkea. So, that's the full breakaway in the peloton. You know, X and DSM pacing. What's your thoughts on the situation?
0: Uh, when I saw, her, I texted you, I was like, breakaway day, Benji. <laughs> um, like 100%. I, I didn't even think like. I was literally like, they're going to get given eight minutes, right? When I first saw that composition, yep. because everyone correct is represented and no one's even close on GC. It's the perfect break. It took a while to form. Jorgensen said it was a big fight for it. And Zimmerman apparently got in there a bit more efficiently. Um, Frailer, and I assume Frailer would have been given free license, but it's Castro who made it. Good to see someone like him in the break. Um, but yeah, X pacing, I like it. I really do, because it's not like yesterday's stage where it's a nine-minute what's peculiar test. Jonas did do big numbies, unsurprisingly. This finish is different. It's, I, I don't think even peak Jonas can just dance away from everybody here. And Johanesson came third in the sprint yesterday or second by Anjala. <laughs> so they have reason to realistically think they can get a good result here, even if they don't win. I like it from Unix. The problem is the break is so big, yeah. for one thing. DSM, though. <laughs> why they were pacing is a complete mystery. Max Poole had an interview afterwards. They said, why were you pacing? Because Max Poole finished last of the GC group, nearly getting dropped. They asked, only is not in good shape. No bar day, no puncher, not in the break. And he said, oh, we just, we, they just said, we don't need to be scared of anybody. We'll just try something. <laughs> don't dis- like, what the fuck is that?
1: Well, what's the point? I don't see the point at all. Anyway, pretty funny response, to be honest. That being said, uh, maybe there's some crazy theory of like, oh, this is an easier stage on paper, so maybe we can try and attack with three columns to go from the GC group and gain some time or something like that. But nah, that did not look like realistic in my in my head looking at this stage beforehand. But yeah, the breakaway was a thing. We said that. Now, this breakaway would arrive at the, the second to last climb where... A gap that is actually quite controlled, mm-hmm. and I didn't expect it to be discontrolled. That's because Uno X was the team that was doing most of the work. Is DSM? I feel like when they started pacing, they were suddenly all of a sudden gone, and I feel like some of them were dropping already, and some of them were still there, just not pacing anymore. But the gap was like two minutes and a half, I think, on the second last climb. It went down and went down and went down to 140 on the la- on the second last climb. But there's action happening at the front, and this actually is a scenario that. Could actually, play into the cards of Uno X there for a second because if Uno X is putting pressure on the breakaway, then people in the breakaway will realize we can't just sit with this dead weight on our back that is not pacing with us, we need to make a difference. And that's why attacks in that group will happen because the pressure is coming from behind, and as a consequence, the group ahead becomes smaller and less strong on paper, and then. All of a sudden, it kind of looks like the peloton has a chance, but who are the riders that were the strongest on that second-last climb from the break?
0: Yeah, total, total were driving it, but not full gas. And then suddenly Bergado and Castroviejo, sort of in the, in the chaos, just found themselves off the front and yep. both just went, all right, we'll go. And <laughs> Trenton had just been dropped and he was pacing. Bagioli was chasing full gas with another Total rider in his wheel. He then blew up. And then it was Zimmerman who, uh, I think it's Jorg... So how to say it um jorge Z- Jorg zimmerman he waited 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 then brit snap reached really effectively and you're right it's like oh it's only a group of three now but it was very clear that not every rider especially the isolated ones were committing in that breakaway in the first place and now the three riders on the cold V for the last three k's they all start putting in And the gap doesn't change at all for the last three Ks. Maybe even it goes up a bit because you've got three strong riders, Burgado, who won a stage in Paranese last year, Villamos won a stage in the Dauphiné last year from Total. Burgado, Zimmerman and Castro pulling a bit more full instead of looking at, oh, Quickstep got two, Bagioli's quick. At this point, they're gone. Uh, Mm Bagioli got flicked by Zimmerman. He used him as a bridge and then Attacked across him. Then he got dropped by Nance Patez. I was kind of surprised, Benji, 371's already dropped back, that Bagioli just sat in no man's land for the rest of this stage. Um, exactly. Because was still in the group behind. Like, he can still win the stage.
1: Yeah, and that's the same scenario we see with Amador from EF, but Amador seems to drop and then drop back to the group. And we see near the top of that climb, we're actually in the descent already, Yeah. that Amador starts pacing with Karapaz in the wheel. But... The gap is at that point 130, 140 even. So it's kind of getting more difficult with 13k to go for that to happen. And with Quickstep having Bajoli in the middle of nowhere and not pacing in the group behind, while Alaphilippe was sitting in the Wheel of Carapaz, by the way. So Bajoli could have helped in that group. Devin seemed to have fully dropped from that yep. point. I didn't see him getting back into actually working on forth, but it seemed like Quickstep had the idea on the breakaway and never tried to adapt to getting something from the peloton afterwards. Maybe it is because they didn't see it viable because the riders were done for. Who knows? That's a possibility, yeah. but I would have liked to at least see them try. But I agree that that was the thing I was looking at. What are the teams going to do of dropped riders in the breakaway once that three-man group formed? But we get towards that descent. We see Yumbo moving to the front and, and Frile moving to the front in the peloton. And obviously, Frile is not pacing because Castro is up front. So he's trying to make sure that they stick to the front in a safe position. Yumbo's trying to do the same in the same old fashion. And we're now going towards that final climb. The, the one that basically has two staircases. One stair of like three kilometers, six percent roughly. And then one other stair of three kilometers, six percent is my guess. So we get on there and Yumbo's the one pacing in the peloton. And at that point, when I saw Yumbo pacing with Benoit at the front, when I saw walter already dropping von bala had already dropped i was like benod is not setting this up for Vingegaard to take the stage
0: no no because the gap the damage was done yeah on the on the aravi descent in the last three k's of that climb they needed to put another 30 seconds into the breakaway if they wanted any chance from the gc group the the other the guys in front both were descending too well and then they're not just gonna lose Two minutes automatically on that climb, and you're right. Like Kenny Elloson attacked for a bit, pacing too hard, and then he pulled off after he t- took the gap down seven seconds, and then Benoit's like, "Well, yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to isolate you on a s- sooner than I need to." And UAE were the same. I don't think UAE were pacing to set up Adam Yates to win the stage. a paced for a bit, didn't really move the gap at all. The three in front with, with yeah. the pressure from behind was still working. So. They didn't attack each other on that first staircase at all, from what I could see. Burgado skipped a couple of turns, I think, assessing Castro, and, and maybe they didn't really know who Zimmerman was too much, frankly, because, like, he, he wouldn't have raced. He, he's done well in the Guerrilla yeah, but- and Appenino. Castro wouldn't know who Zimmerman is.
1: He's not a known... If he follows a sport, he needs to know who Zimmerman is.
0: Dude. Come on, I don't think... think... Really? Are
1: cyclists... Do cyclists yeah. care about the sport itself or only about their own buff in it?
0: No, there would be some who would know. It, is Zimmerman a top 100 rider?
1: No, but I feel like that Tour de L'Anne, for example, that he won... Oh,
0: Tour de L'Anne, Tour de L'Anne 2021. Of course, the directors <laughs> should know. I don't think they would know, really.
1: Okay. <laughs> Tour de L'Anne stage. <laughs> Don't, don't judge, okay? Uh, <laughs> no, anyway. I, love
0: I love it, but I'm just saying, maybe maybe Casciavio didn't watch the replay, or, or Bergadot, <laughs> he, he would have been there, Bergadot, French race. But yeah, they get to then the last staircase, they're 100% winning this stage, so what games are they going to play? And there wasn't, they're pulling through a little bit, everyone has a pain face on, and Zimmerman just attacks at the, at the start of the steep run, yeah. pretty hard, and he's the bigger <laughs> of the three. And he wasn't lying when he bridged across on the RV easily on his own to the two. And then I thought, I honestly, I, I got it wrong. I read it wrong. I thought Castro was bluffing Benji on the climb. Um, but I noticed then, in the chat. Yeah, I watched it back <laughs> and then I realized he just couldn't respond to Zimman's acceleration. Yeah. Do you think Burgado makes a mistake here? And he could have snapped closed that attack.
1: Maybe but at that point, maybe Burgado was thinking that Castro was doing an Oscar worthy yeah. performance ahead of him. So. These riders don't get into a breaker with each other that often, so they might not be able to realize from the face of the other rider whether they're actually suffering or whether they're faking. And with this specific scenario, Burgadol was also behind Castro when when this was happening. And then it felt like Burgadol was trying to call the bluff on Castro for a bit and then... Castro tried to push a tiny bit, but didn't really get much closer because Zimmerman was really pushing. And then every time Zimmerman maybe came a bit close to them, he, he pushed in another acceleration to gain a bit more of a gap. But then Burgado counters Castro.
0: Yeah, and near the top. And it wears him and attacked works because when the two are working against one, which they were working. But it's on 12%, 13%. It's not that much advantage. And they still have to close a three, four second gap to you. Maybe it was six seconds at a point, which is something they don't want to do. And that's what happens. Bergado eventually does attack across Castro Viejo, who was done. And I thought, ooh, he's going to snap close this. Zimmerman's been dangling out front. Bergado's pretty punchy. He's going to sail on past him. The problem was it was now 2%. And Zimmerman said he knew Bergado was coming back. He let off his effort and he stopped going full. Actually, when he saw Bergado was bridging across, yeah. he knew the last section was flatter, and so he actually started to recover before even Bergado got there. But Bergado gets across to him, and I counted 19 seconds later, he opens his sprint with 250 yeah. meters to go. So Bergado, if he wanted any chance to win the stage, especially as Zimmerman's a bigger rider and he's won. That was a twiddle. That stage was actually a small group sprint, which he won of six or five riders. don't needed to wait for longer, wait in the wheel of Zimmerman and recover, and maybe go with 150. But he didn't. Zimmerman gets back to his wheel and wins the stage easily. Antomarche's first World Tour win of the year. Actually, they opened the season very strong in February and March. Had a bit of a dry spell in April, only one, one win, which was a 2.1 stage win. And then uh, May wasn't too crash hot either. But this is their best results of the year. Zimmerman winning after maybe some decent classics. Oh, no, their classics wasn't that good. Ahead of Castro Castroviejo third. Uh, in, yeah, I was talk about them before the GC group, Benji Zimmerman. He's on the Tour de France long list, 25 years mm-hmm. old. I think I called him for some Giro stages or a welter stage or something like two years ago.
1: Yeah. He's, his results are
0: pretty solid this year, like in Is one-day he- races.
1: Is he what Jorgensen was before Jorgensen was before Jorgensen became a GC rider as well? As in that rider that had the punch at the end of races, but mainly went into breakaways. And he might be that rider that goes in breakaways in the Twitter de France, gets podiums on stages in the same way that Jorgensen last year did. I kind of feel like that is the role that Zimmermann will play in that race. By the way, did we mention that this man was the German leader for the World Championships in Wollongong? Didn't they pace for him and then he crashed? Oh
0: yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, that's no good. Um, I didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> uh, I think he's got a bit of better sprint than Jorgensen, but he will. Yeah, he obviously won't go for GC. So yeah, and he'll get complete freedom to go for breakaways like Menkes. If he goes to the tour, he doesn't have a team around him. Uh, and his results, yeah, this year in some of the smaller one-day races, top ten in La Guelia and, and Drone, which is a hard race, and and Paraiso Interior, the new Spanish Strada Bianca, seventh in Ashbourne, which is half decent race, and now yeah, he, he wins this stage. It's a nice result for him. And Burgado also, um, he'll be disappointed, Burgado, I think, because they had numbers in the break. It all looked good for them. I think he yeah. thought he was going to win actually, and the way he played it wasn't that bad. Uh, I think he just opened his sprint too early in the GC group. VingerGaard uh, attacked because he said in the interview afterwards that Johansson had attacked, but we didn't see that on camera and he just responded to it. He put everyone in a little bit of a gap except O'Connor in the wheel and then it all came back together and Ciccone won the sprint for fourth. No bonies. Group of 17 guys. Um, Carlos Rodriguez actually lost 13 seconds. He's injured or I don't know what's wrong with him. He, he crashed. He's got bandaged on him. Lander and Lenny Martinez lost 14 seconds. And Godou lost uh, 25 seconds on that finish. So not a great day for FDJ. Didn't get anyone in the breakaway, which is pointless because when it really comes down to it, when it's time to help, we, I think we mentioned this yesterday about defensive yep. satellites. Exactly. When it comes down to time to help, oh, don't go in the breakaway. I might need you to help if David drops. When Godou drops, Kevin Geniets. We'll not be able to help him from the GC group. It will have been too hard. Yeah. Godu will be going quicker even if he's in bad shape. Same with Lenny Martinez. The only way he could help him is if he was in the breakaway, got dropped, waited, and then paced for him after recovering a little bit. Or he could just go for the stage win. Now, I don't know. I, we There's no footage of the start of the stage, so maybe they did try and get in the breakaway, but I don't think so. Um, and so... Yeah, um, the riders should get more. Teams should get more riders in the breakaway. I think. Uh, instead of you know keep keep guys around the GC guy. Well, okay, keep a few around, but yep. he doesn't need seven. Um, anything else from this stage, Benji?
1: Not really. <laughs> Nothing else happened to be fair in this stage, so no. that was kind of well. After the stage, I switched to ZLM Tour, and I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be a good sprint." Found weight. Goy versus Welford versus Mark Fucking Cavendish. Because he had a three-man train, eh? Kleb Sirica, Case Ball, Mark Cavendish in the wheel. And three seconds later, he had a mechanical. So, then it yeah, it's was really just rinsed Mareschko one. So, that's the end.
0: Yeah, Mareschko, uh, Alpeson beating Koy. Koi needs a real last lead out, I think. I'd like to see yeah. Koy. I think if Koi had a big... Uh, I mean, you can't put... Afini just did the Giro Laporte winning two stages of the Dauphiné, but... I think, uh, yeah, Koy is, no disrespect to the guys he's with, let me have a look, because like, Tosh van der is fine, um, let me have a look who is there for Yumbo Visma. Yeah, Tosh van der Sander and Rosen and uh, Tim, Tim van Dijk, like, they're fine, but they're not, they're not a Feeney, they're not Van Poppel, they're not, they're not that. Um, I don't, what happened to Wales? Uh, I
1: think bad positioning. I didn't see him at all in the last kilometre, so i going to guess he had. Either something happened or a, a bad position because he wasn't in the sprint. Uh,
0: otherwise, there's a Swiss race, the uh, grosser prize, big prize of the Argau Cantons, and quite a hard, healy one-day race uh, around Legern, uh with the Rotberg climb, which is also done in two staircases. Anyway, uh, that was one. I didn't watch it. It wasn't on GCN+. Plus. Thibaut Nace won ahead of Mark Hirschi and Belbao and Marco Haller in a small group sprint. That kid packed some serious punch. Uh, like, his sprint is really good. He won an uphill sprint in Tour of Norway. He was second in uh, the uphill finish at Hungary. At Romandy. he was second on the first stage behind Ethan Vernon and ahead of Menton, who are actual you know considered sprinters. So, he's very, very punchy. And uh, yeah... Should he be in Belgium's World Championships team? Anyway, it's a nice result still. I know he or she's not maybe what he was in 2020, but he's still in decent shape and hollers yep. fast too. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, but I feel like I did not expect from that list holler to be in that list. Neither. Yes, nays overperforms, but holler to be in that list, I'm like, ooh la la, that's a, a good performance because yeah, it climbs in that Razor seven kilometers, 3.7%. When you look at that, it's kind of understandable, but the riders that are with him in that group are punchier riders, as simple as that. Yeah. That being said, we have not discussed tomorrow's stage. Tomorrow's stage of the Criterium de Dauphine is a mountain stage, right? Order so far yep. to quite, uh, quite a It's
0: a real mountain stage, a hard one. Actually, 150 Ks, two HC climbs, one category, one climb. Kind of a better finish for Vingegaard than he might see from any of the high mountain stages in the Tour de France, apart from Col de la Loza, because it's actually a genuine finish. And yeah, it starts from 260 meters and goes up to 2,600, so a lot of elevation gain. The Col de la Madeleine's the first, going up to 2,000 meters, 25Ks at 6%, and there's some steep Ks in the last the last 3Ks, for the last little bit, is average 8.5%, that's nearly at 2,000, that's quite difficult descent. Then from La Chambre in the valley for a little bit, 10, 15 Ks, then they do two climbs. Uh, the Col de la Confrérie, which is 12K, 6.5%. And then there's another little punch up to the Col de Mollard, which, I mean, that's a soft HC climb. If I've ever seen one. It's only 18K, 5.7%. Then a short descent, not much recovery, false slide uphill. And then the last ramp of the Col de la Croix de Fer is. Really hard actually. It's like seven kilometers, six and a half kilometers at eight and a half percent, eight percent, so up to two thousand over two thousand meters. So um it's there might not be big gaps because I don't really see when I see this stage, who on Yumbo Visma can pace that hard? You know what I mean? Like and then other, other teams, if you're the director of another team, are you gonna are you gonna light this stage up, chase the break? so got to absolutely torture. you?
1: <laughs> Yef might looking at yesterday, but that yeah. being said on paper, Jumbo, Visma wins the stage with Vingegaard if the stage goes to the Peloton. If I'm any other team, I would start thinking about Breakaway. Yeah, Because Jumbo is the team that has such a favoritism on the stage that they should be doing all the controlling here. Because they're also in the yellow jersey. They... Have the favorite of the stage. No other team should help them in the peloton. He's going the breakaway.
0: I mean, you got like Chris Harper, right? Mm-hmm. He's on 328. He's not going to get a good GC result here. Why isn't he on ten minutes? Because it, like it's because then Yumbo will chase you harder. Um, otherwise, James Shaw. Did he do a good TT? The problem is the flat start as well. The flat start really doesn't suggest. Like if Jorgensen had just had a really bad mechanical yeah. uh, and was on 17 minutes, he'd be great for this, but he doesn't look in good shape after those two crashes. So, yeah, it looks like, oh, well, everyone should get in the break, but who will get in the break? Yeah. Probably Rouleurs because uh, even the good climbers who are out of GC aren't far enough out of GC. Like I mentioned, like Juan Pompe- oh, Juan um, on five minutes. I mean, he should try. But then you'll probably be, they'll want him to be
1: around Chicane so he won't get yeah. in the break. Um... And also, it's it's only 150 kilometers to control. Yeah, light. sure. So, Jumbo can set someone at the front of the peloton on the Cola Madeleine. And then in the descent, they can stay at the front without losing too much energy. They'll probably have a bit more of a gap after that descent because the break will probably take some time in that descent, I would say. But then we go through the valley to the next climb and they might put another rider at the front anyway. So, I think Jonas wins this stage.
0: Yeah, he should. It really suits him. And there's a, you know, six and a half guys, 8%. I don't know how long that is. Uh, 20 minutes, 22 minutes, maybe, given the altitude. Um, full gas. It's not that long. The problem is he has no mountain support because Christfire crashed out. So you're right. If I'm young, though, yeah, but... well, you've got six rulers, Use them to control the break, and Jonas can do the rest. Once you got him safely over the Col de Milard. um, that's their finish line. Yeah. And then, yeah, someone and... will probably pace the false flat uphill section anyway.
1: Now, the other factor as well is the second he attacks. Everybody else, except maybe UAE, will be looking at each other. Do you feel like Yates might still believe that he can one up Vingegaard? That's the only climber in the peloton. That might still have the courage to one one v one finger here.
0: I think O'Connor O'Connor is hopeful he can stay on Vingegaard's wheel for a period of time. I don't mm-hmm. think he's I don't think he's stupid enough to just attack him at the base of the last climb. I think yeah. you know that's not a Karamazov proved that's not a very good idea, and his team's not so good for setting up anything. You're right. UAE they have Micah. They have Björk, who can pace shallow gradients. He actually kept the young rider's jersey by two seconds today, riding full gas to the line. Uh, Groschartner, Trenton's fine on this gradient, and, and Yates. Yates is really the only guy who I can see possibly on these longer clients, which we haven't had yet, hanging with finger guard and maybe even trying to attack him. Yates is the only one. So how far is he on GC, Yates?
1: He's not decades behind, but the time trial wasn't amazing 126. either. 126 blew in the end of the time trial if I recall correctly so yeah 126 mm. that means that
0: tomorrow wouldn't be the day I try
1: and also the factor is also that at that point if you're 126 behind you're fighting for the podium Eh.
0: well I, I think the Sunday stage is a little bit more interesting it's a, it's a lot more yeah. complicated for Jumbo Wisman to control because you look at the Col de Grenier there 50 you can basically have Jonas completely on his own Fifty-five kilometers from the finish. About a third of the way up Col de Granier. And then you can I don't know where Micah is on GC, uh not too he's not decades behind. Either he's on 306, then you can actually try something a little bit different on that stage tomorrow. I don't see it. Uh but yeah, hopefully it's a, a good stage and we maybe get a crazy watts per kilo performance from Jonas yeah Maybe he just rides it in. But yeah, he'll be the previous favourite to to win it. Um that's all i think benji yep that's all my legs hurt so much i like did downhill running two days ago yeah i'm trying to practice because you know if you don't practice you, just, you have to practice it and yeah i was like three k's, 25 percent downhill and i like, did it fine and then uh, two days later I'm working out my legs are on fire <laughs> i need one of those you know those mass self-massage guns i'm not sure yeah. if, if they actually work or not i mean They can get a free plug if they... (laughs) But yeah, my legs are absolutely fried. Anyway, maybe they'll recover in time for me to challenge Jonas tomorrow. He's hoping. See you with a recap of that tomorrow. Ciao.